Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Everything we've done since training camp is we want to earn the right to be a playoff team. Richard Love save! Mike Smith, a game saver! And he got run over by Zach Cassian. You like one of those top teams, and we're working our way to that level. Connor McDavid danced around Morgan Riley. Denied by Smith, who saves the game again. Josh Archibald wins the game! My message today is we're trying to win. What timer score? Leon Dreisler on the right circle. No risk, no game. And now we're going to have a goalie for action. This is NHL overtime. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Leon Dreisaitl. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is oil country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office equipment solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Shed. documentary uh, about Michael Jordan and the 1997-98 season uh, episode 7 and 8 that was Jose Gonzalez with his version of Teardrop which was a song that was put out by Massive Attack in the late 1990s the conclusion to episode 8 uh, last night wow 
And I, I'm sure many of you, and we're going to have this discussion on today's edition of Oilers Now, we're going to talk a bit about sports documentaries. Um, if you've seen Last Dance, maybe you didn't have a, a strong opinion on Michael Jordan. Maybe you uh, think back and think of how great he was, but some of the things that went around his his life that were controversial, you know, the reports of the gambling, uh, his father's passing, but the conclusion to the 19... Uh, 95-96 championship season, uh, which was uh, the, you know, many consider the greatest team in NBA history, the Chicago Bulls going 72-10. and And that final scene in episode eight, wow, it was uh, unbelievably well done. And so uh, we're going to have that discussion on today's edition of Waters Now. It is brought to you by Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. I had this conversation last night with a guy I've jokingly referred to as the Kaiser Soze of Edmonton Business. He's a huge Boston Bruins fan, and he reached out to me and said, hey, did you... Did you happen to see the uh, the documentary on the 1969-70 Boston Bruins? And wasn't that great? And they had Bobby Orr and Derek Sanderson and Phil Esposito and Johnny Busick, who spent years in Edmonton. And, you know, it was it, really cool. And, and a lot of it has to do with who you're a fan of. And I, I think in the case of Michael Jordan, he was just so incredibly awe-inspiring. And throughout the 1980s, from the mid to late 1980s into much of the 1990s was, you know, had kind of supplanted Muhammad Ali as maybe the the best-known athlete in the world. I mean, Maradona would have had a run uh, in soccer uh, circa, you know, 80, uh, let's say 83, 84, when he kind of left uh, Barcelona, then he went into Napoli and won the... Uh, uh, World Cup in 1986 with with Argentina. So soccer fans would say it'd be Maradona, but Michael Jordan. This this documentary that's being done, I, I think, has given people a greater appreciation for the uniqueness of his personality. This is Oilers now. We have a jam packed show coming up for you today. Cody Jansen is back in the studio. He's pinch hitting for Brendan Escott these uh, last couple of days. And Cody, I know you've watched it too. You're about half. I mean, you were not even born when Michael J- uh, Michael Jordan was at his absolute height of his powers. Have you developed a new appreciation for it watching uh, Last Dance here over the course of the last uh, four weeks? Oh, of course. I mean, it's something that I didn't really see growing up, right? So you got such a different respect for him and just how good he was. The, the drive that he had. And, you know, uh, I like grinders. I'll be honest with you. I like people like there, there's a writer right now. He, he writes for TSN.ca. It's Frank Cervelli. That guy's a grinder. Okay. And he pushes and he, he, he produces. And uh, I like people that uh, that put the, go the extra mile and put time in. And uh, But when you watched this documentary on Jordan, you, you sort of understand the psyche of what made him unbelievably great. I mean, he's a 10-time NBA scoring champion. You know, six championships, and one of the great debates out there is, you know, is LeBron James on the level of a Michael Jordan? And I think that's, uh, you know, as, as we watch this, maybe there will be a 10-part documentary in 20 years' time on LeBron James, and we'll have, you know, the thing about LeBron James is I think he comes across probably being a nicer guy. But I think that there's different ways to get things done in life. And I, I think what we're seeing is a, a human side of Michael Jordan. And a, it's just a, it's an incredible story. And it's really well done. So, again, Last Dance. And uh, that was uh, Jose uh, Gonzalez with his version of Teardrop, which they played at the end of Episode 8 last night. We do have it. We're going to circle back 
two documentaries in a second here. I will tell you on today's show, uh, HL incoming president Scott Housen at 12:35. Mark Spector and myself will discuss documentaries at 105. Eskimos play-by-play voice or color uh, voice, color voice Dave Campbell at 135 today, who's been helping us out the last couple days. Ian Herbers, the head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears. Now you can text us. At 780-496-0063 on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors ready for your kids' pregame warm-up. And I want you right now, if you uh, if you got some time, and, and really, these are no longer call-in shows that we do. These are text shows because it gets a, an immediate guttural response. But if you have a thought on the top uh, sports documentaries, let her rip. I think that after uh, the sequ- and the timing has worked and they accelerated the process to get this baby pushed out during this pause in sport where we haven't had uh, any sport in the last 60-plus days in the major four professional sports, I think a lot of people, the consensus is going to be, and it's not a recency bias, but the consensus is going to be that Last Dance uh, is arguably the best sports documentary ever produced. So I'm going to give you a, a few others that right now at this time that would be up there. Uh, OJ's, uh, the Made in America, uh, OJ, I mean, that was exceptionally well done. It really kind of educated and, and highlighted the challenges and the uniqueness of went on what went on during that trial. For those of us that, uh, you know, were sort of around at that time, it, it almost seems surreal what was occurring, and it still is considered one of the great mysteries. Um in in u.s uh history there's no question about that this show's called oilers now and you know uh oj made in america came out in 2016 last dance in 2020 in 1987 years ahead of its time boys on the bus about the oilers yes this is an oilers show some might say it's oilers centric to suggest that it's a top uh, documentary i completely disagree it caught the oilers at the absolute height of the power it it didn't really it was a little pg-13 ish but there was some pretty honest assessment and comments um it talked about the greatness of a unique team i thought it was really well done and frankly if you take a look at the uh, camera work that was done given the the time frame pretty special stuff uh, another ESPN 30 for 30 series for me, the two Escobars on Pablo and Andreas uh, Escobar. Uh, obviously, Pablo Escobar, and many of you have seen uh, Narcos, and uh, some said he was the acting was so good in that uh, series that it portrayed him in too sympathetic of a light. Uh, but the two Escobars was really well done, and I think it's the best soccer documentary that I've seen. Uh, I'm a huge Bo Jackson fan. You don't know Bo, and just the almost. Uh, mythical status of how great of an athlete he was, and he was a great athlete. Like there is, and a few years ago, ESPN did a ranking of the greatest athletes of all time. Bo Jackson won. So uh, the guy, what was Charles Barkley's line to Bo Jackson when they were at Auburn together? Stay out of the gym. I don't need you being the best guy on the court as well. A couple honorable mentions for you. Kings Ransom. Uh, which was uh, produced by Peter Berg, who is a high-caliber producer and actor back in the day. Uh, on the sort of transference of Wayne Gretzky to Los Angeles, what it meant to hockey in uh, the southern United States, how it transformed the game, and conversely, uh, you know, how it how it affected things in Edmonton. And I'll never forget the line at the end where Peter Berg's talking to Wayne Gretzky. He goes, how many would you have won if you would have stayed? And he said, well, they won one more without me, maybe eight or nine. And I, I, I think that that's, uh, that kind of hit home a bit. But 
you know, the line is, you know, if Gretzky and Mark Messi had stayed together, maybe the Oilers win eight or nine Stanley Cups, and maybe we have five or six fewer NHL teams. And then purely from a, just because of the brutal honesty of it, 9.79, seven of the eight finalists in the 1988 uh, Olympic 100-meters uh, uh, final tested positive at one time or another for steroids. Everybody was cheating, and, and frankly, our guy, Ben Johnson, got caught and Canadians didn't rally around him. They kind of threw him under the bus. Uh, conversely, you know, Carl Lewis was quite sanctimonious in that to the point that you wanted to kick him in the butt. And uh, it was a, a pretty honest assessment. Best drugs won in that situation back in the day. So I'd like to get some thoughts from you on that as well. Again, you can text us at any time at 780-496-0063. We'll have more conversations on documentaries coming up, but the, the Jordan one's been unbelievable. And that's part of today's top story brought to you by Gray Rock Exteriors. Mother Nature wreaks havoc on your home. Book your free no-obligation inspection today. Visit grayrockexteriors.ca because we don't have a lot of news to report on the NHL front. Uh, the return to play committee... Uh, is having conversations with uh, the NHLPA, the NHL here coming up next couple days. We're still a ways away. I think we all know that. Yesterday, we had Glenn Gullitson on Oilers Now. He runs the Oilers Power Play. Uh, Oilers assistant coach as we go into the Oilers Now. Audio vault for direct workwear. Where safety meets savings. In Edmonton, Ford McMurray and online at directworkwear.com. And Glenn Gullitson had a really uh, interesting comment uh, and for those of you that have watched Last Dance and seen the portrayal of Jerry Krause, and Jerry's been an interest, and he's no longer, that's one of the sad parts about that documentary. He's not kind of there to defend himself, but you got a sense at times that maybe Krause, in a sport like basketball, where the top players play, you know, 40, you know, and can play up to 40 minutes out of 48 minutes of the game, not sure he always totally credited the players for what they brought. That's one of the sort of underlying tones that we see in um, in Last Dance. When you hear this comment from Glenn Gulson on the Oilers' power play success, tell me what you think. With long-term uh, success on a power play, you have to be a little bit more dynamic. And I do think, like you said, stuff, things have changed. So uh, if you just look at our power play, uh, I know when I first came to uh, Edmonton, there was a big push um on we need a right shot defenseman, um, yep. and uh, you know at the at the end of the day, um, we'd have to get a, a you know Clef has just done an unbelievable job, probably the most underrated guy in our power play right now, and um, you know a lot of credit goes to those big three, but he he's been unbelievable and. Uh, the reality is you don't you know that big bomb from the point isn't as isn't as as helpful as sometimes as, as people think because um you know a lot of times guys don't want to stand there if guys are fired 108 mile one timers at their ears right so you don't quite get the screen you want the, the rebounds are the rebounds are a little tough to get because if it doesn't score if it hits the goalie's pads or or misses the net it's usually out of the zone or rebounding so far that you can't get it to stay in that prime area where you can bang home some rebounds so it does have some disadvantages and a lot of teams have gone away from it um i think if that's your one trick pony you're never going to have have a good power play just setting up a one-timer i think it's better off uh if you if you're much more dynamic and have uh opportunities to score from different areas well and uh you know that was the second sort of part of what gullitson had said he, he initially stated that 
Uh, look, look who the three guys are in our one-three-one formation. And we got McDavid, we got Drysaddle, and we got Nugent Hopkins. And then he further complimented Clefbaum. Uh, and the lesson of this is: good coaches recognize that good players uh, make the difference. And uh, what was Bear Bryant's old line as head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide? And he won six national championships there, uh, playing very tough physical football. Um, and he needed to. You know, Alabama, we, many of you would know, has historically been a little bit slow in terms of may, maybe accepting the way society's moved. And and Bear Bryant, uh, there was a time in which the Southeastern Conference was uh, very slow to integrate uh, African-American athletes. So he brought USC in to kick his butt on home field uh, so the governor in Alabama would know the importance of integrating lineups. Uh, but Bear Bryant's line was, you're only as good as uh, the players that uh, come off the bus with you. The, the best coach is the guy that's got the best players. Every coach I've ever uh, had the privilege of getting to know over the years in a variety of sports credits their players first. That's part of the key. It is 12-22 in Edmonton. That was the Oilers Now Audio Vault by Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings. In Edmonton, Fort McMurray and online at directworkwear.com. Two NHL today, four Elite Promotional Marketing, building tailored branded programs where your order is done on time every time. Elite Promotional Marketing. Back at the 630 Chad Studios is Cody Jansen. Well, Bob, as you kind of mentioned already, the NHL's return to play committee, they planned for a meeting tomorrow. That's now been moved to this afternoon, so they are speeding that up a little bit here. Uh, tomorrow, BC Premier John Horgan says he'll be meeting with Gary Bettman to discuss Vancouver being a potential host city for the NHL. Um, in Arizona, the Oats have reportedly parted ways with President and CEO Aaron Cohen. He's been with the club since 2018. And there's been a couple of entry-level contracts signed uh, in Vegas. They locked up Jack Dugan in Montreal. They've got Guelph Storm captain Cameron Hillis. All right. Uh, Cam Hillis, talented player. Uh, Look, a lot of what the NHL is doing right now is watching uh, other leagues, and the Bundesliga is a big one out of Germany. Um, uh, You know, professional rugby has started in Australia with a return to play potentially on May 28th at a couple venues. Uh, Australian football, AFL has uh, started as well, rugby union in the UK. Um, and the EPL, uh, which is uh, going to be a big one, uh, expected to return to sports sometime in June. And those will all uh, sort of have, uh, you know, they're going to be watched by leagues like the National Hockey League, like the NBA. To some texts on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, I've been watching Last Dance. I've always grouped Jordan. Uh, this is from Roddy. He says, I've always grouped Jordan Gretzky and Montana as the best of their sports all time. was unbelievable growing up and watching these gifted athletes. Since I've watched the documentary, however, I've got to know Jordan in how competitive and how his will to win with no apologies was. I would compare him to my idol, Mark Messi, and their unparalleled drive and win to push teammates to their best. That one comes to us from Roddy. Well, Mark Messier is a great player. And I think, Roddy, you'd be the first to admit that uh, Michael Jordan's on another level. Uh, Rover saying hi to everybody out there. Bob, where can I get a copy of Boys on the Bus? That is a great question. I don't know. Jordan in Calgary has texted us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, the two Escobars is my favorite all time. It was heart-wrenching and beautiful. The last dance might usurp it by the end of episode 10. Uh, That one comes to us from Jordan. Uh, 
So lots, and I do mean lots of uh, uh, the, uh, the the battered bastards of baseball. Great watch. I've not seen that one. Maybe somebody could point me in the direction right now. Uh, I re- uh, John says, I really enjoyed Last Dance, and I'm not a basketball fan. Huge respect for Jordan. Um, another great sports documentary, SPN 30 for 30, was to the limit about Tim uh, Richmond from NASCAR, who was a huge playboy and had a rock star persona, later became uh, one of the top drivers in NASCAR, and then at his peak, found out that he had AIDS. Uh, I love the documentary, and I've never watched a NASCAR race. Uh, again, you can text us at 780 Uh this one comes in, Bob, I always thought the crew behind oil change was ahead of its time. Unfortunately, the team couldn't do their part. Later, we saw the road to the Winter Classics make some very similar docks. Well, I mean, so- sometimes the best stories don't have happy endings, you know. Uh, that's, But they're interesting stories nonetheless. Bob, you need to watch Alex Smith, uh, a documentary about him dealing with his injury. And it was bad. It was a tough one. Uh, I agree, Bob. Bo Jackson was the best athlete ever. Man, his time was too short. And that comes to us from KS. Well, again, you don't know Bo. That was the documentary. The story's on there. Unbelievable. Uh, another one coming in just on the boys on the bus. Still up there for me. A contemporary filmmaker, uh, filmmaker like Kevin Smith also touted it as one of the best. And, I mean, that was in 1987. The proliferation of these sports docs started roughly 2010. So think about that for a second. It's 23 years ahead of its time. And it was, it gave us tremendous insight. There's no question about it. Uh, Again, you can text us at any time. (laughs) Is this true? I love blood, sweat, and beers about the Bentley Generals. Out of Red Deer. Is that is that an actual true, true documentary? I, I've not heard that. Uh, Scott says, I safeguard my original VHS copy of Boys on the Bus as if it's a, a family heirloom. Great to watch still after these 32 years. Uh, and this one comes in saying, the thing about comparing Jordan with LeBron is, uh, could LeBron be just as good in the physical game of the 80s and the 90s, or would Jordan uh, be playing in this league with far more structure behind the scenes of training nutrition and constant public uh, microscope that's ever present well i don't think you can argue in terms of the commitment level that michael jordan put in as as an athlete it's very hard to suggest that he wouldn't have been able to have done that there's no question the games in the late 80s and early 90s like the time of the the pistons and the bad boys that was really uh physical basketball no question about it and lebron's a great player jordan Ten-time scoring champion, six-time NBA champion. Kind of speaks volumes there. By the way, I don't know if a lot of people know this. Just going to throw this out there. Michael Jordan made two-thirds of his money as an NBA player in his final two seasons. He made like 63 of the $93 million in his last two years in the NBA. In other words, he was grossly underpaid for all those other seasons. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. We'll have ongoing COVID-19 pandemic coverage throughout the course of the day on 630 and on uh, global news. Uh, Eileen up next, and we'll hear from Scott Housen, the new uh, incoming president of the American Hockey League, who announced uh, that they ended their season yesterday. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.